This is exactly right. Welcome to Bananas Minisode. I think we're doing confessions. Curdy B, you feel like doing confessions? Oh, Stories? you do a, You do a confession. I got a story. Okay. I got I a could sweet, do a, I could do a sweet story, story for us. If you had to, so to new Bananimals who are listening to us on Stitcher Premium for your first Minisode, the dealio is, it's your stories or your confessions. If you say it's a confession, we never say who it is from. So you can be as wild as you want, even though, like we always say, if you killed somebody, we're calling the cops. Um, and then your stories, we will say who it's from. If you want us to credit you, we thank everybody for sending it in. What is the general theme of your story? What is meaning? What is it kind of about? Because I'm going to be able to match it. Animals. animals. Okay, I can yeah. do that. I have an I animal mean, story what, in here. Of course it's about animals. I feel like... The majority. I don't even realize I'm doing it. That the majority of stories on the podcast I bring up are animal related, and yes. I honestly don't realize I'm doing it. And I also realize that when I started comedy, all of my comedy was just about animals. Yeah. Uh, pretty you much should have been a zany zookeeper. <laughs> you missed your calling. Maybe you can volunteer at the zoo when you're an old guy. Yeah. Oh, I would love to volunteer at the zoo. I've come around to zoos. You know. Yes. I've um. As a as a as a kid, I loved them, and then as a as a teen, I was like, "They are they're animal jail." Yes, of course. And then now, now that I have children and we go, I see all the conservation work that they do. Um, oh, and yeah. also, we don't like, hate the zoo employees. We, we don't, don't hate, hate the, the zoo the zoologists. We love animal people. Yeah, we just want to make sure zoos are taking care of animals. That's what that's what pod, yeah, that's the right. bananas has always come down as. Yep. We always want to make sure that animals in zoos are taken care of. That's the main point of this podcast. Bingo! Absolutely. All right, I got a good one. Are you ready, Scotty? Hit me. Uh, just remembered, I drunk dialed. This comes in from Pierced, uh, P Pierced D uh, on Instagram. Pierced D. Just remembered, I drunk dialed the banana phone when I was visiting my dad in Florida for Father's Day. Thousands I, did. Thousands you know, liquid courage and all. Did. I left a voicemail, but it's yes. probably made no sense at all. So here's my mini sewed story submission. Yes. My father's been a veterinarian for over 40 years. And Wonderful. Wonderful. This guy's great. He's great. All, all Creatures Great and Small. Did you ever read All Creatures Great and Small growing up? As I a... did not. I okay. don't know that one, but I can imagine what it's about. It's about a Welsh uh, farm doctor, a oh. farm veterinarian. We are pro-farm veterinarians on bananas. <laughs> <laughs> we will all... And also, the one thing that we're also very pro is always stating what we're pro and what we're con about, okay? <laughs> we're con. We're con, We're against invasive species. Pro yes. animals really going for it. That's right. Yeah. Back when I was in middle school, 1998, question mark, he was doing a routine dental on an Irish wolfhound and noticed it had a Whoa. protrusion in its abdominal area. The best. Stopped the dental, took the dog to the x-ray. What they saw on the radiograph was a large foreign body mass in the stomach with a distinct S-shaped wire in the center. Aww. He called the owner to inform her he needed to perform emergency surgery. Foreign bodies okay. are extremely dangerous and often so. fatal if untreated. 
Uh, she agreed, and Dad whisked away the wiry, giant, horse-like dog back to the OR. They're huge. I, I've never seen I don't know if I've seen oh, one. Oh, they're incredible. I love those dogs. Uh, so bigger or smaller than a, a Great Dane? Small, a little smaller than a Great Dane, but around the same size? Bigger. They're the biggest dogs. They're what? so tall. They're crazy tall. They're the tallest oh dogs. God. There's one in my neighborhood, and I wave at it all the time. Love that dog. They're huge. Uh, after the abdominal area had been disinfected and prepped for surgery, he carefully made the first incision with his scalpel. To his surprise, a plush arm popped out. Uh-oh. He said it was like a scene from Alien. Yeah. He made the incision a little wider, reached in to grab the object, and out popped a perfectly preserved, aside oh, from some yeah. blood and food matter, stuffed Bert toy. Okay. Then Ernie. Oh, good. Followed by 11 more stuffed animals of various oh, kinds. My God. Beanies, babies, bears, etc., as well as an entire skine of yarn. Yes. This crazy dog had an obsessive compulsive eating disorder and loved swallowing toys whole. No chewing. Okay. No yeah. chewing. Yeah. My dad put them all in a bag to show the owner when she arrived to pick up her dog post So bizarre. She insisted on keeping them, so she took them home, washed them, and put the bag on display in her garage. She then called the local news station, who were fascinated by the whole ordeal. They came to my dad's vet clinic to interview him. And later that night, the segment aired in the following day. The story was then picked up by CNN. There was, my dad was on national news talking about this crazy dog, how it ate 13 stuffed animals in a sky yep. yarn hole like a fucking python. Fun fact that did not make the news, and this is what makes this story truly bananas. Oh, good. I like it. A few months later, that crazy-ass dog got back into that bag of previously eaten toys and ate seven of them (laughs) again whole. So my dad had to operate on this horse dog once more and firmly recommend the owner keep all stuffed toys and yarn skine and balls out of reach. Which is hard to do with a wolf found. you got to hang that thing like 10 feet in the air. <laughs> That's amazing. They're the coolest dogs. I love I love big dogs. I'm that, a big dog guy. Me too. And that is, that's from Katie. Anyway, I hope y'all enjoy the story as much as I do and I want and want to tell it on the podcast like I told my entire 7th grade class the day yes. after it happened. Oh. oh man, this is 7th grade great gold. Story. This is great gold. story. I hope they put you on their shoulders, Katie, and paraded you around saying best story ever after yes. this. I had a uh there was a, a young uh, woman who I became friends with who was an aspiring writer who moved to L.A., and she would often proofread my scripts. And so she gets this apartment, but she's new, and she was young. And one day she called me. She's like, this is so embarrassing, but can you drive? She didn't have a car yet. Mm-hmm. And she goes, can you drive me to, like, the mall or, like, the Galleria or yeah. whatever? And I was like, of course. And then so I was like, yeah, no problem. And I just thought she just needed a favor. Um, and so I pick her up. I drive her. And I'm like, so what are you getting? Like, some, I thought she needed something big or whatever. And she goes, so my roommate has a dog and it went into my laundry and it ate all of my thongs. And I guess her roommate's dog <laughs> ate women's underwear. Oh and she told and her roommate was like, really? <laughs> yeah, it does that. And it <laughs> ate all of her underwear, like everything she owned. So, so I was like, yeah, I guess you're not going to wash that and wear it again. She's like, no. So I took, uh, I took somebody I barely know to buy underwear because her roommate's dog <laughs> ate like 20 thongs. 
Oh. And I was like, is that normal? And she goes, for that dog, it does it all the time, I guess. I'm like, this is crazy to me. But I bet their listeners right now, they're like, yep, happens to me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I remember I had, I had two separate dogs at different times growing up. Um, but my first dog uh, was Ruffles. Great name. Um, my second dog was uh, Doogie Bowser, canine. Pretty good, too. Um. And Ruffles was, and I. This is why I like worry about getting a, a dog uh, for my kids when they're too young, because I feel like I got Ruffles when I was too young, okay. um, and I, and then also was like because my mom worked all the time, I was left alone with the dog far too often. Yes, um, because oh I was you know, uh, I don't know six years old, seven, eight years old. I didn't have the. I was my brain wasn't grown enough to to properly handle Ruffles. Like by and and, and uh, also Ruffles dis- distinctly did not like me from the beginning. Um, oh, like right when it was, was a puppy, jealous. Ruffles. <laughs> Ruffles, I was holding Ruffles, and probably I was doing it wrong because I was probably seven or something. And yeah. Ruffles squirmed out of my arms and fell to the ground and broke its little leg. Oh, Ruffles! And then we had, and they had a little a, a thing on a cast on for six weeks, um, and then we got it off. And then I was holding Ruffles again, and then Ruffles jumped out of my arms again, what the broke heck? the other leg, Ruffles, and then he had the the, the cast on, and uh, and so it's Pretty like that's adorable. It's adorable. I still feel bad. And that's, I think, what cemented Ruffles' hatred of me. I would um, guess so. You broke 50% of this dog's <laughs> legs. <laughs> Unintentionally. And, uh, and all I wanted was like a dog that would, that would like cuddle with me, you know. But I was like a, a rambunctious boy. And I think my cuddling yep. was far too rough and... Uh, and it hated it. And so the main thing Ruffles liked to do was just sit under the bed um, yeah. and not come out from underneath the bed when my mom wasn't home. Chill life. And so then I would put socks on my hand and try and pet Ruffles. Okay. Because Ruffles would just attack my hand and like mm. h- hard bites, hard bites. And, but I would not stop like just trying to pet the dog, just trying to pet the dog. And the dog is, of course, my terrified yes. and defending itself like it's in its home and it's hovel. And a uh-huh. hand just keeps coming in there yes. as an eight year old trying serpent. to pet it. All I yes. wanted to do was love it. <laughs> and, in fa- and in fact, what I'm doing is torturing this dog. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm just trying know. to pet it. And it's like, ah, like yep. just going to town and I was like that was our whole relationship where it would be like he, he wouldn't he wouldn't see but then but I was still very attached and I remember yes. I was in eighth grade and um and my mom calls me I was hanging out at Jeff Foy's house yes. and uh it, it was like an eighth grade party and my mom calls me it was pouring rain yeah and uh and she calls me and she's like I gotta come pick you up and I was like why She's like, I just have to come pick you up. And then she comes to get me. And Ruffles, uh, my aunt, who's a nun, had come home and let Ruffles out. She'd opened the door and Ruffles had just took off. Yes. And ran across the street, got hit by a car. And Tragic. And tragic. And I'm, I guess I'm at that time 13 and very emotional. And my mom picks me up and tells me I'm destroyed about it. Again, oh, no. I've had this dog since I was like six years yeah, old or whatever. Sensitive boy. Even though the dog hated me. Um, but I do remember just being like, no, and getting out of the car and it's pouring rain. <laughs> 
Just it's I just I mean I'm waiting for no. moments like this. Yes. Yeah. Scream crying yes, in the rain running along the ocean. Just like just running and not stopping for like a mile, pouring rain, and my mom just slowly following behind me, like waiting for me to get it out of my system. Yeah, and then getting back in the car. Yeah, I just did it right there and then. It's also a very dramatic way to get rid of to take it's care a of very it. Very dramatic. It's a very only child way to. <laughs> you had no sibling going. Yes. Hey, you're acting really lame exactly, right now. Exactly. Exactly. No, it was just like boring. Oh well, Ruffles lived lived and died on the edge, just yeah. by its own by its own rules. It happens. R.I.P. Ruffles. R.I.P. Ruffles. Um, here's one. Okay, I, I did have an animal one. I'm glad you said that. Uh, this is from Black Mare Dame. Okay, thank you, Black Mare Dame. When I was 18 years old, I worked in this high end hair salon in a small central German town. What do you think that is? I couldn't I figure out what that means. A like, high-end hair salon. I can imagine what that is. Like Piece of cake to understand that part. Yeah. But what is Central Texas Germantown? Like, I know we have Solvang, and I know, like, different... I think in Georgia, like, Rome, Georgia is a little bit weird and, like, Scandinavian or something. But what is... I couldn't think of a name for a Germantown in the Central Texas, but I'll figure it out one day. Anyways... Worked at a high-end hair salon uh, as the, quote, front desk girl, end quote, a.k.a. a receptionist with many, many other jobs other than just answering phones. This is where I learned the art of taming uh, ladies and gents while still having the pleasure of being a bit of a smartass back to them, uh, though they thought it was charming, insert eye roll. Okay. Our clients were a colorful bunch of Richie Riches, eccentric folks uh, of a higher status in my town. Picture women in chunky turquoise jewelry, incredibly expensive trucks, and nose-up attitudes to match. I can picture it. <laughs> I can picture that. I got that very well pictured. I wonder if this is a central Texas town where everyone wears a a cowboy hat. And just like the richer people just wear like a fancier cowboy hat. I hope so. I Yeah, probably. Um, do, 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 do. I was fairly used to a few clients bringing in their tiny purse dogs while naming the salon owner's first name and claiming it would be okay with it, even though it went against health code violations. Oftentimes, they would get their way and scoff with their shaking, shitty, uh, shitting purse dog and a glass of wine while getting an $88 haircut, which, you know, I imagine that's a lot for a haircut. Um, one day I was restocking the shelves and I heard a thumping behind me. Mm-hmm. So I spun around and I did not see anything. I shrugged it off thinking it could have been like a child screwing around while waiting for their mother to process the bleach blonde Texas sized hair. Again, I hear thumping. This time I whipped around as fast as I could and there it was. A fucking kangaroo with a hot pink cloth diaper on hopping across the desk to its owner. What? Who had an iguana draped over her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was no big deal. Oh, yeah, says my coworker. We just don't ask. Amongst us, we nicknamed Cruella. I mean, pretty. I've never seen a kangaroo in a hair salon. I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. I'm going to put money. 
okay. on it that it's a wallaby and not a kangaroo because a kangaroo that would be like bringing a deer like and I don't think a, it's like their size of deer you know yes. that you don't have a deer on a on a, like a on the top of a table but you could have maybe not you could have a wallaby and they look exactly like kangaroos they're just smaller it's like a true joy I mean if you got to see even a wallaby in a are in you a hot kidding pink me cloth diaper that's like this must have been before smartphones or a pic would have come along with this. This is, I mean, like, type, there's so many questions. Like, how, it, it seems so difficult to be able to get a wallaby or a kangaroo from Australia to a small, weird small town in central Texas. Yeah, you don't want that. You, you know, let them live out where they're from. I guess <laughs> Texas is probably a little bit like Australia in the yeah, middle. a little bit. Way more guns. Yeah. But yeah. Oh I my god, that's cool. amazing. That's crazy. It is. It it's so there was a period out here where I would go to this guy to get my hair cut and he had the coolest shop and it had like a screen door like he was just like, hey, "Come on in. It's like a porch. Come on in." And he gave me he kept cutting my hair too short. And mm-hmm. his hair is really short. And there was a like the second or third time I went in, I was like, "Uh, can you just like like take half an inch off, just kind of clean it up. When, what, what, at what this period is of your life? To, this is 2013, 2014. Okay. So LA, I, I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. My New York girlfriend used to cut my hair and then I move out here as a single lad and uh, go to get this guy. And they were like $45 haircuts. That's like a pretty good amount for a guy with short hair. Um, and it, it was really bad haircuts so then i was like you know what i'm gonna try this place across the street because this guy just doesn't listen to instruction and the more he talks the more he cut so i go to this place across the street that i think is out of business but i walk in and as soon as i walk in i was like i have made a huge mistake everybody is wearing long like to the shin aprons that are like hand sewn everybody's (laughs) hair is styled with like pomade and like twirly mustaches Uh, uh, this really lovely woman walks up to me and is like, hi, do you have an appointment? And I was like, I'm just walking through. Can I do that? She's like, absolutely. Can I get you a whiskey? And I go, (laughs) sure. So she pours me a whiskey. She's like, we have rye, we have this, we have this. This guy comes over. He turns me away from the mirror, backs to the mirror. He cuts my hair for an hour and a half. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. All scissor cuts. He invites me to a chili cook-off in Eagle Rock. He, he's just, we're talking, talking, talking. He uh, spins me around. You know, the whole time they're just asking me if I want stuff. Like, yeah. we're, they're so cool. And then they spin me around. It's as if he hasn't cut my hair. <laughs> $120 is what they wanted. And I was like, I said, oh, I thought, I, I was like, that's cool. And then I joked with the receptionist or the desk girl, as, uh, as we've heard it called. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, the whiskeys are free. So just the haircut for Just nothing. the haircut. And, and I could feel that he was like, it was like he was just snipping it like it was with um, like nail trimmers. <laughs> but yeah, and, but the whole thing was like, how cool is this? We have vinyl <laughs> records playing. Everything's dark leather and mahogany. And that's it was so I went back to the other guy. So now I still go to the other guy. And you now still do. Just, yeah, I had a heart to heart with the first guy. I'm like, just show me what you're going to do. And I'll say yes or no. I'm not picky. I just was like, you're giving me a buzz cut. And these guys are charging me like way too much money for an experience that I didn't. And also, do you want a sip of whiskey while getting your hair cut? Do you no. want clippings going in your drink? 
<laughs> Everybody relax. <laughs> Just cut the hair. Let us get out of there. I remember I used to, in New York City, have this hairdresser who, um, her name's Jane, and uh, she worked at like an old lady salon uh, in the West Village. Uh, but sweet. she was just like this rock and roller that like had lived the life in New That's York cool. City That's in cool. the 80s. Like lived on the Lower East Side in the fucking 80s. Yes. Where it was just like still called Alphabet City or whatever. The East yeah. Village was still called Alphabet City. And had the most insane stories of parties that she would go to. Good idea for a book. Oh, it was so, she was so cool and wonderful. There's one thing, that's one of the things I miss about leaving New York City is her stories Those. about, like, I think there was a club she used to go to called Destroy the Robots. And it's yeah. just like, that's such a great name for an 80s, like, punk dance club. The, uh, the woman that cut hair on Workaholics, Tina, she would cut hair out of the... She had like a little salon in the back of her house, like a little office area. And I went one time and she was doing the commercial for... They did Hans and Franz, the old SNL characters, um, the bodybuilders. Like, I will pump you yeah. up. And so she had to restyle their wigs like it was back in the day. So she had like masks... She had like heads and busts of uh, <laughs> Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey. And I was like, can I put one on? She's like, yeah. So I just like got my hair cut while I'm wearing a Kevin Nealon mask. It was one of the strangest. <laughs> but I was like, this is, I'm only going to get to do this once. Oh, that's so funny. She's the best. Uh, well, that's another mini so Send Thank us you, your animals. stories. Send us, DM your, uh, your, your confessions. DM us your stories uh, at our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. You can also email them, thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, Scotty, anything else before we no, go? No, just thanks, Katie Levine. Thanks, uh, full human person, also intern Lisa Maggot. And big shout out to Exactly Right. Thank you. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 